Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to open them up to Psalm in chapter 90 this evening. That's where we'll be. Uh, the verses are going to be on the screen, but if you want to follow along in your scriptures, that is fine as well. Uh, we are note takers in our family. We like to make marginal notes and whatnot, and uh, so that, that's just always the, the case with, with us. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 90 tonight. We're going to read verses 9 through 12. And then go through a bit of an introduction this evening concerning this sermon. Now, this is going to be a two-week sermon. So today and next Sunday night, uh, we're going to finish this message off. And um, uh, this message I wrote at an airport, if you will. The Lord just impressed upon my heart uh, this thought and um, uh, really has never left. And I'm excited about it, looking forward to it tonight. But in Psalm chapter 90, looking at verse 9, the Bible says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Verse 12 is our key verse. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I want to ask a simple question tonight. As we go into this introduction this evening, the question is just simply, what if? What if? We've all asked the question in our life, haven't we? What if? It's, it's been asked by ourselves, and it's been asked of us. Uh, you know, the categories are, are seemingly endless, if you will, and limitless when you think about what if in our days. I mean, what if another road was taken? What if someone else would have spoken to me? What if the light didn't turn red? What if I had said no? What if I would have had courage? What if he said, let's remain friends? What if I would have listened? What if she would have said no? What if he would have said yes? We could go on and on and on and on all night long concerning the question, of what is countless scenarios in life where anything could have happened and everything could have been different, or would it? See, some are sitting here right now rummaging through the cascading memories of mistakes and miracles, asking yourself what if. Others are sitting here thinking, God, that there's not an alternative uh, life in the realm of possibilities as a reality. And life, guys, is made up of choices, and we need to understand that. The choices we made in our life has brought us to the point that we're in right here, right now. The day that we're living right here today has been established by choices that you and I have made. Now, there is a determined will of God in this world, which is a pre-planned outcome that's going to happen no matter what we do. But surprisingly enough, these types of, this type of will of God, this determined will of God, is not exclusively for the world and for world events or for nations and governments and all that, but rather for us as well. In Psalm 139, in verse 16, the Bible says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unper unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which is uh, in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. So here's the 64,000-pound question. When and where are these plants? When and where is the determined will of God? The will of God that's going to happen in everyone's life, no matter what choice you make, no matter what happens, where is that determined will of God? Well, I got a good answer for you. I have no earthly idea. I do not know. And neither do you. But what I do know is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. 
For we were his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The Word of God reveals that you and I, as Christians today, are the workmanship of God. We are created unto good works. We're not saved by good works, but we are created to perform them. And God has ordained that you and I walk in them. The Lord actively prepares his people. He actively prepares each one of us for certain assignments. He gives us unique abilities in our days, guys, to to make an impact on the world for him. That's why he gives you talents different one of another. The Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. There is a manifestation, there is a revelation of the Spirit of God inside every born-again believer. Why? To profit with all, to benefit in the will of God, His determined will in this world. And we may not know when God's determined will is happening in our life, but we are instructed in how to live for Him, trusting in His perfect plan. We are given free will within the determined will of God, within His will That is going to happen no matter what. And the decisions that we make on that path to and in his determined will decides how much baggage, decides how many scars and how many blessings for that matter we have once we reach his determined will. I want you to remember this here if you remember anything at all tonight. There are certain aspects of your life the Lord has willed to occur. But between points A and B, the choices we make have an effect on what we carry into reaching the place he would have us to go. The Apostle Paul is a prime example, a perfect example. He was a vessel chosen of God out of due season. His uh, conversion on the road to Damascus was going to happen no matter what. A better way to say that, his conviction by the Lord on the road to Damascus was going to happen no matter what. His conversion happened as a result of his obedience. When he went from point A to point B, the Lord's hand uh, was in his life. It willed it to happen. But the baggage that he brought with him was of his own doings. The killing of Stephen, the breathing out of threatening and slaughter against the, the church, the arresting people, chaining them up, forcing them to blaspheme, forcing them to deny God. So when we look at the greatest Christian who ever lived, there are many what-ifs in Paul's life. What if, he, what if he would not have been consenting unto the death of Stephen? I mean, what if he would have went from the Sanhedrin council to Jesus Christ, got saved from day one, and never did any of those things? What if he would have never gotten involved with the killing of Christians? What if? Do you see what I mean tonight? Do you, do you see what I mean that the, the question has unlimited possibilities. It has unlimited answers. It has unlimited scenarios. It's one of those things to where once you take one little segment out and you put it here, something over here changes. And I mean, my goodness, we could be here all night long going over our own lives. What if, what if, what if, what if, and still come up with different scenarios. What if I turned right instead of left? What if I sat down instead of stood? What if I jumped instead of lay? I mean, if you look at that, like, what if I got up one second later and the knock on effect that it had in our life? The question has unlimited answers, guys, and equations of the past. But, there's always a but in the middle of it, isn't it? What if, what if we we, we were not asking about the past? What if all the what ifs in our life is not dealing with what happened yesterday, 
but rather what's happening right now. The what if of the present. The what if of tomorrow. The what if of what is right in front of you this present moment. You see, there is a determined will of God. There are things that are going to happen in your life that God has determined to happen, and they're going to happen. But there's also a desired will of God. And this is where you and I are, not yesterday. This is where we live each day. This is where we live each moment. This is where we live our seconds, our minutes, our hours, our days, and our months. This is where we are tonight. And God gives us choices so that you and I can exercise our free will in obeying him. He also does this in order to test us, to try our hearts, to see whether or not we will truly acknowledge him as our God. His desired will is his personal involvement in our daily lives and his direction in our daily decisions. Therefore, guys, whereas the Lord's determined will is inevitable, it's unpredictable as well, apart from what he's revealed in his word, I should say, the Father's desired will for our life is knowable in the circumstances you and I experience. It requires you and I to make a decision about who he is and who he is to us every single day and moment and minute of our life. The most important thing to remember is that God is fully invested in his plan. And sometimes as human beings, that's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to recognize. It's hard for us to uh, really to reconcile in our brain that that is God is invested in us. We know, okay, his determined will is going to happen, and there are certain aspects of life. They're going to happen. That's part of life. That's just the way it is. But he's invested in his desired will as well. Did you know the Lord is invested in the very second tonight that you decided to come to church, as well as invested as in the very second that you decided not to come to church? The time that you decided to pray and the time that you decided to put off prayer, he's invested in that moment, and you've, even t- you've either taken that investment of his and put it to good use, or you have put it to the side. Our God is invested in our lives, not just the end result. God is invested in our moments, not just the years that come to an end. He's invested in our minutes, our seconds, our milliseconds. He is invested in every aspect of us. If we're seeking God and have a heart to do his will, we are promised by him that he will show us what to do. Jesus Christ said this, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. You know some of the reasons why many Christians are living unfulfilled lives and sometimes defeated lives? Because they ain't knocked the door. We ordered delivery here. Uh, a couple, of, you know where I'm going, don't you? We, we ordered Deliveroo here a couple of weeks ago for one of our date nights, and uh, and uh, I, I think it was pizza or something. And um, and you know, so Nisi told me that her phone rang, and her phone said Leeds on it. And typically, when it's Leeds, there's you know, or London or whatever, it's a scam call. If it was me, I wouldn't have answered. I would have not answered the phone at all. But she did, and, and the guy was on the other end. And finally, she said, "Sir, I'm sorry, but I cannot understand a word you're saying." And this is the next thing that came out of his mouth. He said, "I'm at your door." Just like that. Just like that. And I'm like, whoa, hey. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, we, he, she didn't hear him knock the door. To our knowledge, he didn't knock the door. I'm at your door. That's not creepy at all, is it? I would have laughed my head off. He says, I see you. 
you know, or something like that. Amen. But, but he didn't. And uh, she, she came, she apologized. He was very nice and, you know, gave him the number, took the food away. I think he was a little scared, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, <laughs> you, know, you know the reason he didn't get us to come to the door? Because he didn't knock. And sometimes we don't get what God has for us in his investment in our life. Because, man, we just don't ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't knock, you don't find. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God is invested in our life. And all he wants you to do is come and ask him. God wants us to ask. He wants us to seek. He wants us to knock so he can reveal and give and open and provide what is good for us. In the same chapter, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if ye then be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things unto them that ask him? So guys, even when the, the, the clear, uh, there's not a clear choice to make, if for whatever reason in our life, he's keeping it concealed in our days, you can take comfort that he has invested in your life, and you can find it in the Holy Scriptures to go to him and ask him his will in your life. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 18, for it is, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He wants good things for you. He, he, God's not sitting up there saying, I cannot wait to knock Tim in the head. Just give me an excuse. He doesn't need an excuse. If he wanted to knock one of us in the head, all he has to do is just knock us in the head. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. That's not the God that is in the Word of God. That's not the God of the Bible. Him just saying that right there, you know, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? Lord takes responsibility for directing you through the fog, and he will, give, he will move heaven and earth to show you, you his will and his timing. But here's something I want us all to remember. Most of the times you and I do not know, specifically speaking, the will of God until afterwards. We look back and go, man, I can see God's hand working right there. Man, that's a blessing. Thank God for it. But in the meantime, guys, we need to keep moving forward. Need to keep moving in a forward direction, asking him, seeking his will, doing our very best according to the word of God to please him every single day. Again, there's two types of, of God's will, and often underestimated and many times underemphasized, and yet they're there. There's especially the desired will, the will of God, which allows us free will and choice every single day. The what ifs of our life are not always behind us, guys. That desired will of God is not always something that we look back and go, I can see it now. It's right there in front of us. The what ifs, guys, of our daily life. And I want you to think about it like this tonight. And this is the what if that I'm speaking of. What if the very next kiss from your spouse is the last one you'll ever get? What if the next hug from your children, no matter what age they are, is the final one you ever receive? What if the next conversation you have with your neighbor is the last conversation you ever have from them or from you to them? Again, endless possibilities. What if the next conversation you have with your coworker, your gym mate, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your boss, your employer, your employee, your, your partner, whatever it may be, what if it's the last one? You see, many of us treat life as if it's 
a continuum. As if, you know, life is just going to continue on over and we're just going to keep doing the same thing. You know what, guys? The fact of the matter is this this evening. We've been going for 40 minutes now. And within the last 40 minutes, 1,333 people have had their last kiss, their last hug, and their last conversation. 1.8 people per second die in the world we live in. There'll be no more hugs, no more kisses. The opportunity is gone. It's lost forever. And I realize, guys, this may be dark, maybe a, a bit morbid thought this evening, but it is the reality of life, isn't it? It is the reality of life. One day you're going to kiss your bride for the final time. One day you're going to hug your husband for the last time. One day you're going to have the ending and final conversation, which is the most important conversation of your life for the last time with your neighbor, your coworker, your gym mate, your best friend. The psalmist wrote, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I told you verse 12 is the key verse in the message. We're going to look at two points tonight concerning this. And if we will learn that every moment of this life is important, that every minute of this day is vital, and even to the honor of life that is gifted unto us, we can apply wisdom to each day, each hour, each minute, each second, every single moment that God has gifted us in this world. If we can learn to number our days, we can apply our heart unto wisdom, and we can turn those what-ifs into will-dos. The first thing we need to learn is we need to learn to cherish to cherish. The word cherish means to adore, to treasure, to protect, or care for someone. So, so the psalmist says, so teach us. What do we need to learn? We need to learn to cherish. And by learning to apply our hearts into wisdom, we begin to look at the hello kiss, the goodbye hugs, the meaningful moments, building upon one another these sweet memories, fortifying our relationship with loved ones. And we don't just pass them off. When we learn to number our days, guys, we stop taking the precious, precious moments of each day for granted. We're reminded of this in James chapter 4, and verse 14, who says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. That is the reality. This is not a fear tactic. It's just reality tonight. It is a reminder of how we must live in the world, trusting and depending in the Lord for the very next second, not just the next week and next month and next year, but for the very next second. We should not live our life in frantic fear, but rather in sure assurance that his will will be accomplished in our life. Let us cherish every laugh. Let us cherish every kiss. Let us cherish every hug, which oftentimes can be overlooked. We get a little bitter toward one another, and we forget those moments. The coming home from work turns into something different. Hey, is that you? Yeah, it's me. One goes to this room, the other one stays there. Not a greet at the door, not a walk to the door, goodbye. You see what I'm saying? We need to cherish those moments, because one day they're going to come to an end. Not only that, guys, but secondly, we need to learn to number our days, apply our hearts into wisdom so that we can capitalize on these moments. Again, the psalmist says to teach us to number our days. None of us knows how long we're going to live. 
But if we learn to number our days, guys, we stop taking for granted what we have now. We, have, we, we stop losing the opportunities for what is set before us, capitalizing on every opportunity given, helping us to think about our conversations and, and where is our focus and what words are we choosing, what directions are we leading those in, and how are we speaking to others? We all know, guys, that we're not guaranteed our next breath, and we, you know, we'll cover that later on next week in our final point. But again, you know, James concludes, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanishes away. We just read that. It's here and it's gone. The psalmist also penned, saying, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We shouldn't count on tomorrow. I can't tell you how many times in my life that I put off, so I'll give him a ring tomorrow. I'll call them next week. I'll do this, I'll do that. And they've up and died. One of my closest friends one time was hit by a lorry, head on, killed instantly on the interstate on I-80 in Nebraska. And I'd been meaning to call him for two and three weeks. I can't tell you how many times that has happened. You can't do anything about it once it's passed. The what if of going looking in the past, guys, we can ask that question until we're blue in the face. It ain't going to change anything. The what ifs are before us. The what ifs are learning how to cherish every moment, how to capitalize on every opportunity. We must begin to look at every moment that is given and granted by God on this earth as a gift to live, to cherish, and to capitalize upon, serving each moment with zeal, treating today like it will never return again because the truth is, it won't. Again, 48 minutes we've been started in this service. Whatever's happened in the last 48 minutes is never coming back again. It's done and dusted. It's like toothpaste out of the tube. You can't put it back in. Bildad, the Shuite, said this unto Job. I thought it was quite profound. He says, for we are but of yesterday and know nothing, because our days upon earth or a shadow. Our entire theme this year has been living a life worth leaving, and we are just about to conclude this year in a handful of weeks, and these banners will be put away in the attic, never really to be seen again, but that idea of leaving a legacy or living a life worth leaving, that legacy in the life of others, that shadow that is cast behind us today that we may not see, but others do, ties right into this tonight, the what-ifs that is before us. We have right now with our husband or our wife, that's what we have. We don't have tomorrow. Yesterday is gone. We have right now. We have right now with our children, no matter their age. We have right now with our parents, no matter how long it may be or how far apart. We have right now with our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, our gym mates. You name it, whatever it is, teach us to number our days so that we can capitalize on what we have right here and right now. Stop depending on tomorrow. Stop looking past the person in front of you and live with them for now. Because if we don't capitalize on the moments that we're given in this world today, right here, even to, if tomorrow comes, even if 10 years arrives, if we don't capitalize what's in front of us, what are we going to have? If we don't capitalize on the moment, building sweet memories, all we will have to show in the years to come will be the what-ifs of the path by not accepting the what-ifs of the future, the what-ifs of the present. So I'm going to end with this tonight. What if this was the last, and then you fill in the blank? I've been asked so many times about why I'm so committed to church. 
we had a conversation with, uh, I had a conversation this morning with, with a young man just to try to tighten him up a little bit in his life. And, and he asked that question. I said, because I don't plan on, I don't, I'm not guaranteed next Sunday, next Wednesday. So I'm going to live this service today, this Sunday night here in Cardiff at this campus to the fullest. I can count on my hand how many times in the last 28 years I've missed church because I'm looking at every single moment as a precious gift from God. And I'm not taking it for granted. I'm not going to, I'll just, I'll get there next week. Next week may not come. My daddy raised me by telling me that tomorrow never comes. And when I growing up as a little child, man, I couldn't stand, I hated to hear that. Because I knew that meant get up off the sofa and go do what I'm telling you to do now. Tomorrow never comes. But he's right. He's 100% right. I'm not going to bank on what may happen tomorrow. What needs to happen is today. And I'm going to capitalize, and I pray to God that you do as well tonight, by asking yourself the question, what if this was the last and you fill in the blank? See what changes you make in your heart and your mind, your life today. What are you going to do about that what if? of the present. We'll pick up and finish the last two points next week. Let's ask uh, the Lord's blessing upon the close of our service. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time for this message tonight. We pray that you speak to our hearts, Lord. Bless us in the closing of our our service this evening. Let us be mindful for everything that has been said and done tonight. And Lord, I pray that we would take on board not to relish in the what-ifs of the past and the possibilities of what may or have been But let us cherish and capitalize on every minute, every moment of our day today, addressing the what-ifs of the present. Let us not look past the the hugs and the kisses and the goodnights and all of these different things, Father, trusting that tomorrow may come, that we can fill in those blanks. But, Lord, let us look at them right now and capitalize on the moment that you have given us. Cherish the minutes that you have blessed us with. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen.